Welcome to the Great Job Podcast, where we help you design your own handbook for raising amazing kids. I'm Emily Mall, a stay-at-home mom who's been in therapy for over a decade and is returning to work now. And I'm Dan Mall, a designer, creative director, entrepreneur, and author. We've been together for over 20 years and have spent the last 12 raising our two daughters. We believe that everyone deserves a non-judgmental space to show up as themselves, share, make mistakes, and grow. On this show, we pull back the curtains on everything we've tried, tested, and thought about so you can feel supported and less alone in your parenting journey. You'll leave each episode with practices, strategies, conversation starters, and support to set your kids up for the best future possible. One year, one of my New Year's resolutions was to learn how to fall asleep anywhere, just to nap on a plane, if I was just at a party or in the car. And I worked on it. I don't think I got anywhere, actually, until recently. I've done a lot of meditation work um, the first half of this year. And just I've been trying to learn how to regulate my nervous system. And meditation has been a part of that. And because of that, I think I've gotten my nervous system to a pretty even space that I can just kind of nap anywhere now. And I was like, oh, that was the key to being able to sleep anywhere. I see now either that or I'm just getting older and it's just a part of getting older. I love it. I have uh, when I played in a band, you know, the, the, we, had, we had one guy in the band who had just magical ability, his superpower was to fall asleep anywhere. And I remember finding it like every time we would go and play a show, uh, especially if it was like a longer thing, like a festival or or something like that, we would find him asleep. Like he'd be asleep under piano benches or like on a windowsill somewhere. And it was like the, you know, it was like the best superpower that he could just fall asleep anywhere. And it was like, uh, it's just admirable that he could do that. I think one thing about New Year's resolutions is that people use them to stop doing something. And so they feel bad about it. Like it's like a, a negative thing. I have a friend who his New Year's resolutions are always to start something new. And I think it becomes more fun. Like one year he had, I remember he had that every time he was in an elevator, he would strike up a conversation. That's my nightmare. I know, but it was like, a thing. <laughs> it was like, he's like, I'm going to do like a thing that's normally a faux pas. I'm, I'm just going to start doing it. So every time I was in an elevator with him, he would like start up a conversation with me or with somebody else in the, con- in the elevator. Um, and that was his New Year's resolution. Have you ever had any? Because I don't think you ever have. I don't think so. Cause I don't think I, I don't know. I can't remember if I've had some, cause I think I just don't like waiting until like, oh, I'll just wait till January to start this thing. I like doing new things. So I feel empowered to start new things anytime. I think I feel the same. Like even in just like thinking about this podcast ahead of time, I was like all these habits that are in like listicles online. I was like, I think I kind of already do a lot of these things. And also I give myself permission to quit and to like start something new all the time. So I was like, maybe I'm just not a New Year's resolution person. And so if you like Dan and I are not a New Year's resolution person, um, what we like to do instead is throughout the course of the year, start habits or end habits. And I think it's closely tied to goal setting. Like, And so one of the things that got me thinking about kids and New Year's resolutions was, you know, how do we teach our kids about how to like form and keep habits and like how to have a goal and reach it? I will advocate for New Year's resolutions though. So, so be like, I'm, I'm with you that, you know, you can start them and stop them anytime. I, I read one of my favorite books that I read this year. Was it this year or last year? 
I think it was this year, uh, is a book called When by Daniel Pink, where he talks about the science of timing. And there is something scientific to when certain periods start and end, like the start of a year or the end of a month or something like that. There's something psychological about starting something when there is a new cycle that's already happening outside of you. So there is some, you know, there is value to like, it's the first of the year, so it's time to start something new. Or it's at the end of the year, it's time to wind something down. I'm not saying it's not valuable because I agree. I think it is valuable. And I think, though, it just reminds me of like, you know, the way we roll into the summer at the end of the school year and then the way we roll into the new school year. I think even every year that is a bigger like change for us than rolling into the new year's because even though it's a new year, we're still in school. The kids are still like used to being in school and you know, they've had a small break, but they're still in the middle of a school year. Whereas like after summer break, after like months of not being in school and now having to get back on a schedule, that is the a bigger change I think for us. And it's harder. And I think it's the time of year that you and I both sit down and look at our schedules and are like, okay, now's the opportunity to get back into a routine and to start a new schedule. And it's and I think as caregivers, as parents, like the beginning of a school year is like a huge transition more so than a new year. Yeah, I think the the seasonality part of it, I think it's like, you know, the end of one season and the beginning of a new season, whether or not it's on, you know, the first of the month or the first of the year, it like, you know, the new school year is September 7, but it feels like very much like a new season. All right. So let's jump into habits then instead. What are some of your habits that you've kind of incurred along the last like decade? What are the ones that you think are the most sticky and that you've held the longest? And what are the ones that you're like, nope, just this is, I keep trying it, it's not going to happen? I have, so two things come to mind. One is I have sent a weekly newsletter out every week for the last year. Um, that one stuck around. I didn't know if that was going to stick around, but it's like every Friday I got to send one. Um, so that's that's definitely one that's stuck around. And related to that, playing basketball every Monday night. Um, I've done that for a, maybe the last two years now. Um, so that's the thing that um, that has stuck around. The thing that has not stuck around is I've tried so many times to quit soda. And I just can't kick that. And, and it's happened. But then it happens for like, I think the longest stretch was like a year and then one day I went out and had soda and I was like, this is delicious and I'm going to have it again. And then other times it's like, I'll kick it for two weeks and I'll like get over the headaches and the caffeine withdrawal and all that. And then back on the wagon. Uh, so that's definitely one that, that didn't stick. What about you? One, I think that's like, well, I have two that have stuck around for a really long time. And one of them is every time I get out of my car, I take all the trash with me. Like wherever I see trash, I just grab it. And that's like a habit I intentionally was like, I just don't like getting into a messy car. It just makes me feel like claustrophobic and cluttered all at the same time, which is I hate. And related to that one is um, cleaning the kitchen every night. I time block. I'm like, all right, what can I get done in 10 minutes? And that usually ends up probably being longer. But in my brain, something about being like, ah, it's only 10 minutes. So what can I do for 10 minutes to clean up the kitchen? And usually it's clean within 10 minutes and I'm, I've gotten pretty fast at it. So that's, those are two that have stuck around. And then some other bigger ones are, what have I done this year? Oh, I started, like I mentioned earlier, meditation and yoga in January. I picked this year to be my year of gentle and it's for some like medical diagnosis reasons. And I spent from January till about April doing meditation and yoga every single day every day and 
I have a personality that gets bored very easily. And so by the end, when I started to like, you know, notice all the impacts, it was really cool. But I was like, okay, I'm ready for something else. I need a change. So I still continue to exercise. I started um, walking. And now recently, my newest habit is running. So I've started like, I'm like, if I can walk, I can definitely run, I think. And so I'm slowly like gradually working my way up to form these new habits. And I think, I think that's the one. Yeah, those have stuck. I'm trying to think of like some that haven't stuck. Oh, spin. I was doing spin for a while. That did not stick for too long. Pickleball didn't stick. Oh, pickleball. <laughs> I did I did start that recently. You know why? It's because I love racquetball so much. And pickleball is like a different form of it that doesn't do for me what racquetball does. And so I think it's the way you feel about racquetball because you play basketball. So basketball has its own level of intensity. And if basketball is like a 10 in, on the intense scale for you, racquetball is like an eight. But for me, racquetball is like a 10 intensity. And so for me, pickleball is like a six. I don't know. So I like it. It's like something to do. But if I had a choice, I think I'd rather play racquetball or run. Do you have any goals or new habits or that you want to either start or stop for our family uh, in the next year? I think, yeah, actually, I would like to work on our boundaries around technology. I don't feel like... I have any in particular that I set for myself. And so I think that's important. I want to start there with me. And then I think I want to do better as a parent, setting some more guidelines and boundaries around technology. Nice. I think for me, it's around schedules. Like I think that especially the like come home from school time is a loose time in our house because I think it's a transition like out of work for me, like slowly out of work. It's a transition for the kids coming home. And I know we've talked about it in previous episodes too. It's like it's kind of this unstructured time partially by design, but then partially not. And I think that we can tighten that up. I think that's a that's some habits that I think will make it easier for all of us to like just know what to do in that period of time. Because I think right now it's a little bit like, eh, we don't know what to do. So it's okay to like watch some TV for a while. And then that turns into like three hours. And then the kids are like, oh, I didn't even start on my homework, you know, when it's bedtime. Um, so I think that that we could use more structure around that time. I'd like to figure that out. Yeah, that's a hard one. One of the things that I do at work is I help teams do planning. And that includes goal setting and habits and all that kind of stuff. And one of the things that I think we don't have now that I'm excited to do for the, the new year is that I think good habits come from knowing your destination, like knowing what the goals are that you have. If you know that, it's easy to kind of work backwards from there to go like, okay, if that's what I want you know, to happen in a year or in two years or something a little bit farther out, what are the things that I can do daily that kind of help commit to that? Because I think one of the things that I learned recently, I took a course called the Focus Course. And one of the things I learned on that is like, there's always outcomes that you want as, as goals and those are good to identify, but we can't control outcomes. So what we can control is we can control our actions. And so those are the things that it's worth focusing on is like making sure that you're consistent in your actions. And then ideally those actions map up to the, to the outcome that you want. So like the first thing is just cr like picking a destination or picking a goal. That's like, this is where we want to go. And I don't, I don't think that we have that for our family in the way that we have for, for example, like some of the businesses that we have, like, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I wrote a, a 10 year strategy for great job. I don't know that we have like a 10 year strategy document for our family. So I'm like, I think that's something that I'd want to work on uh, in the new year. I think it's something actually that sort of started us on this great job journey was 
that realization that like, oh man, like we might only have 10 years left with our kids. And even more sobering than that, I think we actually only have eight because our oldest is 10 right now. I mean, our youngest is 10 right now. So, well, even less than eight. And so like I, I read recently that like around 15 is the time where your relationship with the kids change because when they turn 16, a lot of times they get their driver's license and then they're basically gone. And for a lot of parents, the time that they get with their kids mostly is like time in the car driving them places. So it's like, it's almost, it's even less than that. It's like, you know, three years for our oldest or four years for our oldest and, you know, five years for our youngest. Yeah. So I think that's a hard thing to implement and to think about because it's like, first of all, I don't want to. It makes me sad and miserable and terrified also just because like that's not a lot of time whereas like them being born up till now felt like forever it felt like the longest decade ever so now it seems like at least for me it's like going really fast so I don't even know that I I had a 10-year vision when we moved into this house my idea was let's be here for 10 years let's have a like a let's live in one place for the kids for the next 10 years, it's got a great school district, a bunch of friends and family in the area. And that might change soon. We don't know. But that was like the closest I think I had to us having like a future 10 year strategy for the family. So what what are you thinking? Uh, I think it's going to be I, I'm not sure. So I'm just going to think out loud a, a bit about it. Um, do a, a live workshop on this podcast episode. But I, I think it's related to who the kids want to be. And who we want them to be. Like, I think there's some work that we can do there. You know, very lightly, our kids are starting to talk about like, well, what if, you know, like, am I going to go to college? And am I going to get a job after high school or, or things like that? And I think those are worth talking through with them. Like, I, I have small conversations with them occasionally about that, but maybe that's worth a, a larger conversation or something more broad to help them kind of move toward where they're going to go. And like, not that that has to be a fixed point that's not going to change, but, you know, like they've been talking about like, wanting to be a singer or wanting to be an artist or wanting to be a paleontologist and things like that. And maybe thinking about what things we can do to encourage some of those paths or help them along some of those paths, I think is related to like where they want to go and what we need to do as parents to help set them up for that future. Yeah. And I think at their age, they aren't really looking, they don't even know what to like look for in the future. So we are their like guides to that. So some of the things that we're trying to do with them right now are in the realm of creating habits and goal setting. So one of the things that we do really intentionally right now is helping them learn about money and financial stuff. So we hired them to do housework. Um, now that I'm doing less and I need more help, and you know we've talked about that, we pay them once a week when they do their jobs. The last like few weeks, we've been a little bit off the boat because our schedules have been bananas, but, and they get paychecks on Saturday. And so we use a really cool app called Greenlight and it allows them to set up like different buckets for their savings. And then when they have like a big purchase in mind that they want to buy, they can like put that in there and like watch it grow. And it's been a really cool tool and a way for them to learn about money. And the one thing we've had them done do recently is to create like one of those thermometer charts so that they could fill it up as they like get to their goal. And, you know, we try to celebrate when they reach their goals because a couple of times they have. 
I think they call them butt charts <laughs> because I think we were watching some show someday. Maybe it was like Full House or something like that, where instead of drawing a thermometer, somebody drew like legs and a, and a butt at the top. And like you got to fill in the legs. Or it something was like that. the office. Was it the office? Oh, that's right. You're right. It was the office that we, we were like, oh, it's a butt chart. <laughs> so because then they when they reached the, the sales number, He's I think Andy had to get a butt. tattoo. That's yeah. right. I forgot about that. And they were like, what? <laughs> It's like a really good visual on the on the whiteboards in our house, the, the butt charts to fill up. <laughs> Is it helpful if I share the the like planning stuff um, that I would do with teams? I would love that. Okay, so there's there's three things in like goal setting and like destination planning, and the thing that I like to relate it to is is like planning a road trip. It's like you can't pick the route. You can't decide if you're going to take highways or side streets or whatever if you don't know where you're going to go. So you have to pick a place. You're like, we're going to go to Six Flags or Disney World or Acadia or, you know, wherever it is. And then you can pick like side roads or the scenic route or the fastest way there or highways or things like that. So these are three tips that I've kind of collected along the way. The first one, and this comes from a book called The Vision Driven Leader. And uh, in goal setting, one of the things that the author says in that book is like, you have to get a way to clear your head. You can't do goal setting in the midst of the day to day. Wait, what? That, like, what do you mean by that? Like, you have to go away. Like, you can't do it as like, all right, I'm going to do dishes this hour, and then the next hour I'm going to do goal setting for the next ten years, and then an hour after that I'm going to clean my room, and then like, it can't be part of the day to day. Oh, so to plan the goal setting, you have to like carve out a space, go on a retreat, oh. you know, get out of your house, like go somewhere that's not your routine. And the quote that I like from him is, "The future doesn't happen in the present." So it's like you have to get out of your present in order to get your head in the right space to talk about the to think about the future. I disagree with that. All right, Can I tell it. you why? Let's because one of the things, one of the sticky notes I have on my mirror upstairs is that like everything um past and it says past and present Emily helps future Emily or something like that. It's something about what do I do now and what I've done, what I choose to do honors who I am and it and it helps future me because, you know, I have an ideal future version of myself. It's that who, you know, I follow my routines and I hit all my goals and I have all these great habits. And so the things I do right now, the choices I make today, um, which will be past choices tomorrow, affect future me. I agree with that. I don't think it goes the other way. I think f- present you can help future you. Future you can help present you. Right. So I think you have to get out of it in order to, to do it the other way around. You have to get out of it. And in that way, then present you can help for future you. It's a little bit confusing. <laughs> All right. Well, continue. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're, you know, we're splitting hairs, I think. Uh, the second thing is, and I think this is a, this is like a, uh, it's like a little, a little woo woo, but I think it's a big one too, is you have to believe that the best is yet to come. And this is something that I think I don't think that, well, I don't know. I was going to say, I don't think that families will have a problem with that, but maybe not. Maybe, maybe there are people who are like, I just feel so down about what we're doing that like, and it feels so insurmountable that I don't know, I'll just ride it out until my kids are out of the house. And I hope, I hope that that's not the case for, you know, for, I don't want that for any parents to feel sort of resigned that like, I just can't get out of this. I hope that you all do believe that the best is yet to come. Um, when I work with teams, I meet a lot of people on teams who are just so burnt by what they've tried in the past and it didn't work and that leader and this colleague and you know all the stuff that they don't believe that the best is yet to come. And it makes planning really difficult because they're already resigned to it not being a good outcome. 
yeah, the negative Nellies of the world. One thing that is, this is related, but one thing I've found with friends when I am just feeling that way and just kind of want to complain is to, again, like time box it and be like, hey guys, I need to, can I rant for like, just give me five minutes. Can I rant about something? Because you want the space to get it out of your system so that it's not just like eking out in little parts every conversation you have. And so you want like, first of all, you want consent for people to be like, yeah, okay, I'm willing to hear you like whine and moan about something because like we all do. So we all understand that. But it's super nice to have someone hold you accountable to a certain amount of time. So you're not spending, you know, your whole lunch listening to someone whine about some situation and then that's it. When you walk away, like you just, you feel the energy of that. And it's like, well, that sucked. Like, I, you know, I love that my friend was able to like get it out, but there's, I think that's dumping. I think that's just like dumping your stuff on someone. But if there's a way to be productive about it, which to me is the, like the time boxing, like, Hey, can I just have like five minutes to rant about something? I just got to get off my chest and then we can move on to anything else. Like, is it cool? And what's interesting is we kind of all do that to each other now. And it's really helpful because we don't want to be that person. We don't want to be the whiner or the complainer, but like, like life is hard. And especially here, out here on the East Coast, we're not fans of toxic positivity. We keep it real. And, you know, the weather changes. Sometimes the weather sucks. It's not always sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> and so we're like, mm, we got to talk about what we need to talk about. So I like that version of, yes, stuff is hard, but also there's also space for there to be hope or positivity so we need both yeah totally you know as you're talking i'm reminded that like we actually did this uh and i'll i'll tell you in a minute if you don't if you don't recall i don't know what you're talking yeah, about. yeah okay so we actually did because so the third step in this process the three of three is once you've you know got cleared your head you're in a good head space to be able to do this you believe the best is yet to come the last step is now picture the future that you want to be in Right. Imagine your utopia or your end state or whatever. Like imagine it so vividly that imagine yourself stepping out of your present into your future and then looking around and saying what you see and talking about it as if it was the present. Right. So you, you need to get out of your own present to step into the future to talk about it as the present. And that as I was thinking about that, I was like, we did this when we were actually planning out great job. It was like in 10 years, what do we want our lives to look like? And I remember sitting in front of the whiteboard and you saying, like, this is what my, what I want my day to be in 10 years. Oh, yeah. You years. had me like from like hour by hour go through. Yeah. like What do you think your day is like? Honestly, it looks mostly like Oprah's. I mean, whose doesn't? I mean, she tells her chef to make her mac and cheese on the morning. She's like grumpy. And I'm like, that sounds incredible. Yeah. She spends most of her day like reading and then in her garden or forest in her backyard. And then like an hour or two doing work stuff. Like <laughs> sounds awesome. I just saw this meme that was like, if only I could find a job that pays me like 200000 a year to just take four hour walks and then come home and like talk about it and then go to bed. And I was like, oh, sign me up. And I just... <laughs> I just drove by a, a mailman kind of like walking around our neighborhood, like walking like his car. The truck was like further down. And I was like, I wonder if that's the job. Is <laughs> that it? Job, Is the that ma- the mailman has the that I future? just get to like walk around the neighborhood all day and like, I don't know. So I don't know, guys. That's I think really I found good. my next career. That's really good. <laughs> I like it. Uh, so we did that. 
Like we had, we had a version of, of doing that. And I think just having that vision and knowing like, that's what that looks like. And you know, by vision, like literally like something that you can close your eyes and see, you know, it's kind of an ironic idea, but you close your eyes and you can see it so vividly. And that's what you're trying to march toward. Like, then you can work backwards from there and go, all right, well, what do I need to do? If that's five years away, what do I need to do? What's the halfway point to that? You know, like similar, again, back to planning a road trip. It's like, if we're going from Philly to California, well, halfway is like Kansas somewhere, you know? So like, so if we, and from here to California is 40 hours of driving. Well, then around the 20 hour mark, we should be around Kansas. And if we're not, well, we're falling behind or we're, we're ahead. And like, it's a way, it becomes a way to measure whether or not you're on track toward your goal. Once you have that destination in mind and can go, all right, if that's five years away, what needs to have happened two years in, or what needs to have happened one year in, and then you can kind of keep working backwards from there. What needs to happen this quarter? What, hap- what needs to happen this month or this week or today in order for me to know that like, I'm actually making progress toward that thing. And so I think the destination part is like really the most important part because from there, then it's, then it's just math, you know, then you just divide by however many years or weeks or months you have to get there. So the, des- the destination part is the vision part you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So I'm a little bit stuck on that just because <laughs> I have this vision in my head of Ron from Harry Potter standing in front of the mirror of Erised and he sees himself like, as the head boy and and his whole family is congratulating him and he's like super popular. And I'm like, Oh, like that is, you know, the ideal you stand in front of the mirror and you see, you know, the deepest desires of your heart. And so I think, um, something we've mentioned before is like you and I are both naturally, like our personalities are very visionary oriented, like awesome details. Not so great. We don't care at all. But if you want to get us to like imagine or get creative or like, like really flesh out what could be or like our ideas of something. I think me and you're good at that. So for people who aren't good at that, what would you suggest? Things like, like making vision boards and like, how do you, if you're not a very imaginative person, how do you pick? How do you just like, and I think sometimes that's the hardest. I think you need a friend. Like, and I, I say that in, in not like in like dead serious. And I, I don't say that in jest. Um, where, where's that from? There's a book called Traction. And Traction talks about like the two roles that you need to run a, any good company. And I think of parenting as the same way. Like uh, you need um, visionaries and implementers. I need to implement. We need we need to hire we, an implementer. I mean, this is we always just for us. We always find this gap, right? It's like yeah. we're both visionaries, and then we're like, how do we get this stuff done? And like, like none of us can do that. Scrub the toilets. I am casting vision (laughs) (laughs) well it's it's not that it's not that like people who have vision do the fun stuff and then everybody else cleans toilets it's like you know it's not that you know it's the idea that like you know we that's what i mean about like we need a friend we need a friend who will be like let me help sort out the details for you you know and for those that are like i'm a good detail person you need a friend that's gonna go like i'm gonna help you dream big oh that's true because i was gonna say i can be like oh you could do this i have like a million ideas but also can someone make a phone call for me? That's all. I just need that. I need someone to be like, and to tell me what to do sometimes. Like, what do I do with today? And, and what I'm doing planning with, with implementers, oftentimes I'm encouraging them to dream bigger, right? Because their dreams are small because they're in the details. You know, they're in, they're in the weeds and it's like, no, 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 look at the forest. So a lot of times, like if you're an implementer or if you're somebody who, had, who is like an operator, then a lot of times your goals might be small because you're thinking about things that you can achieve. And sometimes dreams and goals need to be things that you're like, I'm not sure if I can achieve that or I'm not sure how to achieve that. 
but that's big enough that actually allows you to kind of march march toward it, you know, and be committed to that for a long amount of time. So I think for a lot of people uh, who are implementers or operators, a lot of their goals are small to start because they just don't have the muscle memory or the practice or the skill, you know, to be visionary. So, you know, for example, like somebody would be like, oh, like I have a goal to run a 5K, which is like, great, that's a good goal, especially for someone who doesn't run at all. But it's like, well, how about you think about the marathon instead of thinking about the 5K? And the 5K is a mile marker, you know, a step on the way to the marathon. So a lot of times when I'm working with with implementers, I'm like, dream bigger. Like, because 5K is something that you can accomplish in the next six months or in the next year. But what's five years out and what's 10 years out? And then those goals become a lot more, uh, more daunting um, and a lot more important, though, sometimes. So I think, like... For those that are operators, you need a visionary to help draw that out of you. You know, and that's that's kind of what I mean. Like sometimes you need a friend who is who is able to do the things that you can't or don't have an affinity to to doing. That's wild because that makes me think about like honestly, like if we apply that to kids, like why did we even have kids in the first place? Like I didn't think about like oh, it's gonna be so great, we're gonna have kids, and then you know, twenty years from now they're gonna we're gonna like push them out in the world, and they're gonna it's just you know you think more details like it's gonna be so cool to see their like tiny little baby feet and it's gonna see it's gonna be so cool to see them take on some of our personality traits and discover who they are and we're gonna get to see all these little things but we don't think that grand like oh man i might be raising the next like president of the united states yeah totally so and i think that because of that then parents run into the lack of vision thing when their kids are like six and eight and 10 and then they go and then they're caught off guard and they don't we don't know what to do right so like we're very much in that stage which is like oh like our kids are gonna be who they are gonna be who are they gonna be and like how much of a hand did i have on doing that on purpose you know of course they're gonna be who they're gonna be because of them and we have some influence in that and some part in that so like i think this is now you know with our our kids at that that pivotal age i think this is the kind of time where we're going like what is our vision for them and what is our vi- and what is our vision for us and our family as a as a whole and our family once they are no longer living with us or our family once they have their own lives and and partners and friends and things like that too so i think it's a good time for us to be thinking about this stuff cuz we we still have time to influence it and also i think a fear of mine is not thinking about it and coming to it and then not being able to handle it like you know not intentionally maybe or subconsciously not thinking about our kids going off to college on that day and then that day comes and I'm like in straight denial and just like too big of a transition because I haven't really put any forethought into it or any worked any work around it so yeah that's why I'm glad we're here and uh man this is this is a cool way to wrap up the year and we're all doing a great job doing a great job Thank you so much for joining us. If you love this content, please download the episode, subscribe to the podcast and share with anyone in your life who wants to be more intentional about raising amazing kids. If you want more from us, please join our email list at greatjob.kids newsletter to get more parenting strategies, tips, tools, and templates directly to your inbox. You can also find Great Job on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. You're doing a great job.